This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, October 23rd. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, measuring up the ballot, Proposition 6A. G is for government previews, Telluride Town Council. County urges tax relief for residents. And a mountain weather forecast. On Mondays, in the run-up to the November election, Kodo News will be covering this year's ballot initiatives. This week, we have a profile of Ballot Measure 6A, which proposes a property tax increase to support the Telluride Medical Center. Here's Interim Med Center CEO Deanna Colliker explaining how the ballot measure would affect taxpayers. Voting yes on 6A will result in an increase in your tax bill by $18 a month or $220 a year per million dollars valuation of your home. Those are property taxes, to be clear, and those collections would raise nearly $4 million for the Med Center, funds which are critically needed by the institution. Mark Cabrera, a member of the Hospital District Board, which is the Med Center's governing body, explains they have a major cash flow problem. Our revenue, which is predominantly reimbursement from insurance, is just shy of $6 million a year. Our operating costs have doubled over the last six years and are nearly twice that amount. So we're at a position where we really can't afford to continue to keep the doors open without the support from taxpayers. In 2022, the Med Center operated at a deficit of roughly $1.5 million, and it'll repeat those numbers this year. This summer, the hospital district turned to local governments for an emergency bailout in order to keep its doors open until March, when it could receive funding from the passage of 6A. In speaking with voters, District Board Chair Paul Reich reports many are asking how the hospital district will stretch these potential new tax dollars. And, he says, We've taken real solid steps to, and we feel very optimistic that we are addressing a lot of the problems that have led us to this point. But healthcare in rural Colorado to be sustainable is always going to require some degree of support and assistance from our community members. Money from 6A, in addition to addressing the current cash flow problem, would also assist the hospital district in building employee housing and increasing some staff salaries. A third of med center employees currently are paid under the median wage for their positions. And what happens if voters opt for a no on 6A? The med center would have to drastically cut costs in order to stay open. That would involve reducing its offerings, laying off staff, and dramatically downsizing. For Dr. Colliker, the results would be unimaginable. As we chop away at what we we do here, um, I think it will overall impact so many lives and so many people um, on such a broad scale. And so that's why I I, I honestly, I, I don't know how to even approach that. I really hope that is not something that we, we need to um, embark upon, that exercise. Proposition 6A appears on the ballot in this November's election. Ballots have been mailed out and are due in drop boxes by 7 p.m. on November 7th. To find all of KOTO's election coverage, go to koto.org.
Telluride Town Council is meeting on Tuesday with the budget, short-term rentals, and gondola funding on the docket. In this installment of G is for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. Have a listen. Hey Geneva, thanks for joining me for another installment of G is for Government. Wouldn't miss it. Town Council is meeting on Tuesday and y'all have a packed agenda. Um, Can you share what the day is going to be starting with, with some proclamations and recognition? Yeah, so we're going to start the day at 10 a.m. with presentations and proclamations by recognizing the contributions and efforts and work from Lars Carlson and Adrian Christie, who have um, town council terms that are wrapping up here uh, next month, and um, Delaney Young as well for her service as mayor. After that, we have the work sessions. The first one's an hour long, and we're going to be talking about special events that occur on town property. If there are any changes that we want to make about how special events utilize town property, how they pay for those events, um, and just make sure that the town is remaining whole on our efforts helping produce those events. Then after that, we're revisiting our goals and objectives for 2024. Our staff, um, especially Zoe Denal, have been working really hard on putting together more granular, measurable um, goals and objectives, both overall for the entire town, but also by department, which has been a really cool way to get focused in on on what we're doing as a municipality and what our goals are and and how we spend money um, to achieve those goals. That is, those goals and objectives are part of um, the town's budget for 2024. And then you're going to be coming back to the budget for a a potential vote actually later in the afternoon. Can you talk about um, what's going to be happening there? We're going to have a public hearing at 1.15. I strongly encourage anybody who's interested in where money comes into the town, how it comes into the town, and where it goes to check out the packet. There's a long, um, long document in there that has just all the overall numbers and uh, goals. And we vote on this and it just approve it as a resolution once. After that, we are going to have second reading and approval of an ordinance setting new STR regulations and fees. This is sort of the culmination of uh, a month-long process that we have gone through with the public and with a consulting company and discussion amongst council ourselves. Yeah. And so those are all public hearings. And then um, after that, you're jumping into a number of action items. What are you going to be voting on there? The first is going to be um, hopefully a quick one where we are establishing some new fees and charges for the fiscal year 2024. There aren't many changes in this category. Um, Just a couple new fees for things like we are now managing one of the child care centers, so we're going to set the day rate for the child care center. Um, we will potentially have new event permit fees, which is reflective of what we're going to be discussing in the morning. Next, um, we will be voting on raising some business license fees that are non-STR business license fees. After that, we have um, a consideration and approval of an intergovernmental agreement for the cost sharing of the planning and gondola project development phase of the gondola project. This is something that we've been working on um, for many months with the town of Mountain Village, uh, the county, uh, the Mountain Village Owners Association, and Telski as all of the sort of large uh, 
different organizations that are working together to fund the new gondola, uh, which is going to happen here in the next few years. And it's going to be a really expensive project. Well, it is a packed agenda on Tuesday. So Geneva, thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat with me and we'll see you on Zoom or on the airwaves or in person uh, tomorrow. Sounds great. Thanks so much. It's a perfect storm for property taxpayers in San Miguel County this year. When Colorado updated its property value assessments this spring, many property owners saw their valuations increase by 50% or greater, which means their tax burden could also spike. Meanwhile, various taxing entities in San Miguel County, including the Telluride Hospital District, the Telluride Fire Protection District, and area schools, are asking or have received a mill levy increase in order to address rising costs. Soon, taxpayers may also have to fund a gondola replacement and updates at the Telluride Wastewater Treatment Plant. Taken together, all of these needs could pose a challenge to area residents, says County Manager Mike Bordonia. Knowing that so many San Miguel County residents are on fixed incomes or um, have owned their homes for a long time and may not be able to bear uh, the dramatic potential increases in uh, taxes. Meanwhile, renters may see their rates increase as landlords pass the burden down. As such, the Board of County Commissioners have been looking to provide some relief. Last week, commissioners discussed mailing a letter to area taxing entities. Those are the local governments, schools, hospitals, libraries, and so on, which rely on property taxes to operate. The letter urges them to limit their tax collections as much as possible. Taxing districts operate independently, and the county expressing such oversight is unusual. But Commissioner Ann Brown says she's mulled it over. I think it it is prudent to demonstrate our leadership in um, providing, I don't even want to call it tax relief because it's still going to be higher taxes, but less higher taxes and that therefore tax relief to our communities. In the letter, commissioners urged taxing entities to limit their collection increases to only 20 percent in their 2024 budgets. Bordonia adds in writing up the county budget, commissioners have followed that 20% guideline. In speaking to the commissioners, he confirms, I've heard from all three of you, yes, you support this. We've already said that in a public meeting, and you have said, affirmed yes again. You wish for us only to do a 20% capture, and that's what's included. Now, the county hopes others will join them in practicing financial prudence in the budgeting process. But Ann Brown says the commissioners send the letter recognizing every taxing district needs to make this decision for themselves based on demands for their services and um, where they are financially, where they've been financially, all that. So there's no judgment around what decision they need to ultimately make. Commissioners also recognize the cost of delivering services is increasing and they voice support for all the area entities and the work they do. But hoping to prevent a huge spike in taxes, commissioners voiced unanimous support for the letter and chose to send it off. With many pieces in motion, property taxpayers in the county will have to wait and see what their tax bills bring. 
Telluride local Avery McCracken pleaded guilty to a felony charge last Friday for his actions during the January 6th insurrection. Standing before U.S. District Judge Richard J. Leon, McCracken pleaded guilty to one count of obstructing law enforcement officers. Judge Leon scheduled a sentencing hearing for February 2024. According to court documents on January 6, 2021, McCracken traveled to Washington, D.C. to protest the certification of the results of the 2020 presidential election. Documents state he was part of a large group that was in a restricted area on the West Plaza of the Capitol. McCracken made his way to the front of the crowd and grabbed a bike rack that police were using as a barrier. Court documents say McCracken pushed a police officer's arm out of the way and grabbed a second by the arm and jacket, pushing through the police line into restricted areas of the Capitol grounds. The FBI arrested McCracken in Norwood in December 2021. The case is being prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia and the Department of Justice National Security Division's Counterterrorism Section. The public has been engaged with San Miguel County's East End Master Plan process. Over the past year, over a thousand area residents have filled out surveys, stopped by public input sessions, or submitted comments to the planning department to make their voices heard. The county released a nearly final draft of the plan last month, but there's still time to make your voice heard. The County Planning and Zoning Commission will hold a work session discussing the plan at their meeting on Wednesday, October 25th at 4 p.m. The public is welcome to attend in person at the Miramonte Building in Telluride or via Zoom. The link and the current draft of the master plan are available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. Written comment can be submitted before the meeting by emailing masterplan at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. The plan lays out a long-term vision for land use, transportation, sustainability, and more here in the county's east end. Four people are under arrest for allegedly stealing and exporting over $1 million of dinosaur bones from public lands in southeastern Utah. As KZMU's Molly Marcello reports, the defendants include two Moab residents. Moabites Vint Wade and Donna Wade are accused of knowingly obtaining and selling these bones over a period of five years, beginning in March 2018. It is alleged that the Wade sold over $1 million, approximately 150,000 pounds of paleontological resources taken from southeastern Utah. U.S. Attorney Trina A. Higgins in a press conference October 19th. Prosecutors allege that the Wades paid individuals to remove dinosaur bones from federal lands. The Wades are also accused of stockpiling these resources to sell at gem and mineral shows. Prosecutors say they sold a substantial amount to Los Angeles resident Stephen Willing and Ashland, Oregon resident Jordan Willing. During one transaction alone that is alleged in the indictment, the Wade's contracted to sell 28,000 pounds of dinosaur bones to the Willings for $1.4 million. Prosecutors allege that the Willings then exported the illegally obtained dinosaur bones to China by mislabeling them to avoid detection by federal agents. The defendants knew the bones were taken from public land and they took steps to hide the true nature of the bones. 
In addition to stealing over $1 million in paleontological resources, Higgins at the U.S. Attorney's Office alleges that defendants caused over $3 million in damages. This includes damage to science. As you can imagine, when dinosaur bones are removed from their primary location, whatever value we could gain by knowing this location that they are at, what other bones were near them, the type of soil they were found in, all of that scientific value is lost. All four defendants are charged with conspiracy against the United States, as well as violating the 2009 Paleontological Resources and Preservation Act. Under the act, it is illegal to remove fossils that provide information about the history of life on Earth. Prosecutors say they are pursuing this case as an environmental crime. I'm Molly Marcello in Moab. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for partly cloudy skies tonight, with a slight chance of showers and a low around 35 degrees. Tuesday, expect a chance of showers in the morning, clearing off for partly sunny skies and a high in the mid-50s. Tuesday night should be mostly clear, with a low around freezing. Wednesday, expect sun during the day and clear skies at night, with a high near 60 and a low around 35 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, October 23rd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. KOTO News will be off on Wednesday and Thursday to attend the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition Conference in Fort Collins. We will have Off the Record on Tuesday and be back with our newscast on Friday, October 27th. And now, a personal commentary. Hello again, Kodo friends. This is Tiffany Perry Marks, Governing Board Member of the Progressive Women's Caucus. We are a local, all-volunteer nonprofit that seeks to elevate women and shape our community through leadership and participation. Please join the PWC for its R1 School District Forum on Thursday, October 26, from 5.15 to 7 p.m. at the Wilkinson Public Library Program Room. We will be joined by candidates for the Board of Education for a second election forum. And there will be presentations on the two local ballot measures pertaining to the R1 school district. Simultaneous Spanish interpretation, light snacks, and childcare will be provided, and the event is open to everyone. So we hope you'll join us on Thursday, October 26th at the Wilkinson Public Library starting at 515. Thanks, Kodo. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Kodo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.